is a posuk in the parsha that says, Ever mm-hmm. had two sons. Shemo Echot Peleg. One son was given the name Peleg, Kibiyomov Niflugoha Oretz. Because in Peleg's lifetime, the tragedy of the Doir Hafloga took place. The Shame Ochiv Yokton, his brother's name was Yokton. So there's a question why did Aver give his son the name Peleg? Means he's naming him after a disaster that's going to happen. We should have kids today called Corona Konigsberg, A-Bomb Schwartz, Taliban, Teitelbaum. That's not the way you name a kid. Why are you giving the kid the name of a major tsara? I think the answer is that Aver wanted his son to remember you're living in a time where there's going to be tremendous upheaval in the world. The world is going to go crazy. And your mission is not to fall prey to the Mishagas of the world. And I'm naming you Peleg so you should remember your mission in this world is not to get sucked in to the Shtusim and the Havolim of the Dor Hafloga. So why did he name his other son Yoktan? He should have named him Peleg Jr. Peleg II. Rashi says his name was Yoktan because he was mocked in himself, because he was humble. He was an honor. Peleg needed a radical eights because he wasn't used to listening. So he had to have a radical eights. Every day he wakes up in the morning, your name is Peleg, Peleg, Peleg. Yokton listened to what his father had to say. He didn't need any radical aces. But you see this much. That Pelek had to learn what his mission in life was. We find the same thing by Adam HaRishon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Adam, what should I call you? So he says, call me Adam because I come from the dirt. So basically he's saying, my name should be Mr. Dirt. We should have kids named Garbage Ginsburg. The emphasis is that the word Adam has another meaning. It can mean Adame Le'elyon. I can be similar to God. I can be God-like. So you can either be Adam from the Adama or Adam that's Adam Elyon. So Adam decides I need to remind myself where I come from. Because if I forget where I come from, that's where I'll end up. Life is like going up. Try to climb the escalator that's going down. Where I grew up in Upper Harlem, so we had an escalator that went from the 181st Street subway station 
It was this tremendously gigantic escalator. And we used to try to walk up as it was going down. Now the trick was you had to walk faster than the escalator was going down because if you didn't walk faster, you ended up going down. Life is walking up the down escalator. If you don't move yourself and shuckle yourself, then you'll slowly fall down. You can either be Adam, Adama, or you can keep climbing and steiging and growing and moving, and then you can climb and climb and you'll be Adamela Elyon. So we're confronted with these two choices. And you have to know where is the battlefield? Where is the point of contention? What makes us Adamala Elyon? What is it? What's that Koyach? So the Torah says, Vayipach ba'apov nishmas chayim. Hashem blew into our nostrils nishmas chayim. And zok targum ruach mimalolo. HaKadosh Baruch who gave us the power of speech. So you have to know that what defines you as it selimily came to a great extent is your ability to talk. Now this power of speech has a tremendous, tremendous koyach. And you have to realize that. I'll tell you a miser, a Bolchonen Wasserman. When he was in Baranovich, there was a bunch of kids who were not part of the yeshiva. They were gangsters, hooligans. And once uh, one of the bachim in the yeshiva said something to them, he gave them some musr. Shabbal Khanon was in the yeshiva, and a bunch of these kids came into the yeshiva to start up. Shabbal Khanon comes out, and Khanon was a big man, and uh, they see they're confronted by him. So one of the people in this gang said to Shabbal Khanon, no hands, no hands, meaning to say, don't touch me. Shabbal Khanon says, you, no hands. And for that moment on, the person's hands became paralyzed. So you'll say to me, okay, that's Rebbe Chonon, you know, don't bring me riots for Rebbe Chonon. Bring me a riot for somebody posh it. So I'll tell you a riot from somebody posh it. There was a guy learning in a koilu. And there was a lady, a cleaning lady, who came to the koilu once a week to clean up. And she was either a Almana or a Grusha, and she would bring her little children with her. So the guys are learning in the coil, and these little children are running around, and sometimes they got very noisy. So one day, this guy says to the cleaning lady, Rebbitson, you know, your kids are a little bit noisy, it's disturbing, it's giving us a hard time. So she says to him, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you should never know from Tsar Gidelbonim. Okay, a few years go by, he gets married. They're married a year, two years, no children. Five years, they have no children. Ten years, no children. They go to every makubal. They go and they try everything, every schooler, every doctor, everything. Garnished, nothing helps. Twenty years, they're married, no children. And one day it hits them. 
The lady told me I should never know from Tsar Gidl Bonim. I don't know from Tsar Gidl Bonim. I have no children. <coughs> so he found out where she lived. And he went to her house. And he said, Rebetzin, you remember that time you were in the yeshiva and I asked you to quiet down your kids and you said you shouldn't know from Tsar Gidl Bonim. I don't know from Tsar Gidl Bonim. I have no children after 20 years. She said, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Chas v'sholem, I only meant you shouldn't know from Tsar Gidl Bonim. I'm giving you a bracha. You should have children. Ten months later, he had a baby boy. A cleaning lady. She said, Avort! But the power of words is tremendous! So, in this week's Parsha, we learn a tremendous lesson about the way to talk. The Torah, when it describes the animals that Noyach took into the Teva, and it describes the animals that are Tomei. It doesn't say the animals that are tummy. It says, The animals that are not tohar. Now we know the Torah does not throw in extra letters. We can learn a whole sugya from an extra letter. And yet here the Torah writes eight extra letters. Instead of saying, it says, Behema Asher Einenu Psachim. This is to teach us that you should speak with a special dignity. You should speak with a Neimus. You should speak in a menschlicher way. You should try to use a very refined way of speech. Because that reflects who you are. The way that you talk is a reflection of who you are. I'm, I often told over this mice, I was about to get on a flight from New York to Denver on United Airlines. I was flying the friendly skies and I waited online and it was my turn. They called out from the counter next and I went up to the counter and I see they're laughing. So I figured maybe I look funny, and my hat, my brim was not down, my brim, the brim wasn't up, my tie was straight, everything looked normal. So I said to them, what's so funny? So they said, we're not allowed to say next. We have to say, can I help you, sir? Okay, they took care of me. I'm on my way to the gate, and I said to myself, you never know when you'll need this for a schmooze. I got to find out what's wrong with saying next. So I went back to the counter and said, can you tell me something? What's wrong with saying next? So they said, if we say next, we sound like Burger King. If we say, can I help you, sir, we're the friendly skies of United. One word can change the image of an airline. And believe me, the people who train them are paid millions of dollars to come up with this Mishigas. But they know that one word will change the image of an airline. Allah has kama vekama, one word can change the image of a ben The way that you speak is a statement about who you are and what you are and what you're all about. 
And the question is, okay, it's important to speak in a refined manner. And we have to be careful not to use nivul peh and not to use our mouths for anything ir- irresponsible. Why does the Torah tell us that over here? The Torah is busy over here talking about the mabel. The entire world is going to be destroyed. Everything. Down to three tfachim of the ground. Everything is going to be destroyed. It's going to be the biggest holocaust ever. And so what's the Torah telling us about refining your speech? And the answer is exactly. One might think that in a matzah such as this, where the world has become so immoral and so corrupt, the world has become so devastated and so immoral, that who's going to care about how you talk? There's enough problems out there. There's crossbreeding. Every, the worst possible avarice are being done, and you're telling me I should speak nicely? That's what you're worried about? And the answer is yes. A yid never compromises his values. In the worst of matzovim, in the worst of times, no matter what, no matter where, we will not lower our standards and we will speak in a refined manner no matter what society thinks. Because if you're a yid and you're a ben Torah, you live in a different world. You're in a different plane. You're in a world of godless, a world of atzilus, a world that's filled with kedusha and halakite. And whatever's going on out there in the Michigan Velt is not our business. Our business is we're connected with HaKadosh Baruch You should never compromise. Everyone understands that sometimes we struggle. Sometimes you wonder, why don't I have a geschmack in learning? Why don't I have a geschmack in davening? Davening is, is the most magical thing in the world. You talk HaKadosh Baruch Imagine you're talking to the same Reboi Shaloil that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov spoke to. And he's listening to you. When I was a kid, I was Zoycha to call up a sports talk show and talk to the great Sandy Koufax. And everybody in the world heard about it for the next two weeks. Rabbi you talk to the Abishnah. Forget about the Mishigayim, Goyim that are out there. You can talk to God every day. And he listens to you. And you have a mouth that takes you to the Kisei HaKovoid. It's the most powerful tool. So why don't we have a Gishmak in Davening? Why don't we have a Gishmak in learning? So everyone knows the Meisah with the Baruch who went to Rabbi Leib. He asked Rabbi Leib if he ever tasted ice cream. Rabbi Leib said he never tasted ice cream. The Debocher said, I like ice cream. Everyone says it tastes good. It tastes good, yeah. Everyone tells me, Torah is Gishmak. How come I don't feel the Gishmak in Torah? So Rabbi Leib said to him, 
What's the sweetest thing in the world? So he said, honey. He said, very good. Is it possible you won't taste the sweetness of honey? He said, yes. He says, how? They have a sore in my mouth or a canker sore that honey won't taste sweet. He said, exactly. And if you have tumma in your mouth, your mouth is a cesspool, you won't taste the sweetness of Tyra either. If you talk like a ben and you use your mouth like a ben then the Tyra will be sweet and pleasant and geschmack. And you'll dive into a Baruch when you'll feel like Kodesh Baruch listening. So you have to know that you have a tremendous koyach. You can use your mouth to daven and talk to Hashem and Hashem is listening and if you keep your mouth pure and you keep your mouth holy then your words of Torah go straight to the Kisei HaKovit. <coughs> Noyach came out of the Teva and he cried to Hashem, Look what you did to the world! Where's your Midas HaRachamim? Zerboishim said, Raya Shatya. You're a fool. Now you're complaining, why didn't you daven before the marble? If you would have daven before the marble, we could have done something. Now you're waking up. Had Noyach davened, could be he could have saved the Toyer. And that's why the marble are called Mei Noyach. We're going to say in the Torah. Why is it called Mei Noyach? What does he have to do with it? Because he didn't daven. Had he davened, he could have been Poyal Yeshuais. Through Tfilah, you have a tremendous power. You can access HaKadosh Baruch and make tremendous changes. There was a Maisa, there was a Bacher in Eretz Yisroh. Learned in one of the top yeshivas, he was a tremendous Eloy. But his outstanding Mida was he was a tremendous Botlin. He didn't learn a word. He was an Eloy, but he was a professional Botlin. And every Monday and Thursday, the Rosh Yeshivas would call the parents. And the parents had been davening and davening. The mother did not stop davening. The people said, you know, what are you davening for? The kid's a loser. You know, face it, accept it, and go on. She said, no, I'm not going to stop davening. One day a Rosh Yeshiva comes from America, a Choshev, a Rosh Yeshiva, who happened to be very wealthy. He's looking for a son-in-law to marry his daughter. And he's looking for the top bocher. So he comes to the Yeshiva. He says, who's this most Choshev a bocher? So they say to him, Moshe Kohn. So he comes to the parents' house of this bocher, and he says, I'd like your, to consider your son for my daughter. I'm a Rosh Yeshiva, and uh, your son will have a steller, and I'll have Parnasa. So they know their son, and they know they're not going to get this chance again. So they mask him, and they go out, and they get engaged. And everyone in the yeshiva fell off their seats. They couldn't believe it. What happened was there was another Moshe Kohn in the yeshiva who was the best bocher. So they told the Rosh Yeshiva, Moshe Kohn. 
So you went to the wrong Moshe coin, and this guy becomes now the Adam of this Rosh Yeshiva. So he says to himself, wait a second. This is not Poshid. If I'm going to be the son-in-law of this great Rosh Yeshiva, I can't be Mr. Botlin anymore. He became a Moiridik Masmid, and he was an Eloi. Today, he's one of the greatest Lamdon and lives in Bnei Brak with 14 children. He's a Moiridik Masmid and a, Ma- a Lamdin. And he's a Rosh Yeshiva to top it all off. What happened? The Rabbi Shem listened to a mama's Phyllis. You don't have, you have to realize the Koyach of Tzvila. If you use your mouth properly, you have the Koyach to daven and to change your life. L'toiv. You can ask HaKadosh Baruch If you ask him, you pour out your heart. HaKadosh Baruch listens to your Tzvilois. You say every day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shemeya Without making up stories, he listens to your Tzvilois. I'll tell you one more more with the Gamaisa. Told her by Rabbi Melech Biederman. It was a bocher from Brisk. Reb David Soloveitchik. One day he went to the Kaisel. And he sees there's an American Yid. Maybe he wasn't even Jewish. I don't know. And he puts a letter, a, a, a kvittel in the Kaisel. He ever wasn't used to doing this. And the kvittel fell out of the Kaisel. Now, there may be a cherem of Rabbeinu Gershom to read somebody's kvitluch, but this bocher somehow or other was mekel, and he read it. And in the kvitl, the person writes, Dear God, I want to know who won this in this football game in America, but I can't find out in, Amer- in Eretz Yisrael. Please send me the answer. So the guy thinks that Michigan American comes to the Kaisel and all he's interested in is a football game. But then he hops. This is a good gishmaka shtick. So he calls up his father in America. He says, "Can you tell me who won the football game between the Vikings and the and and, and the Falcons?" So his father says, "That's what you're doing in Eretz Roll? You're worried about football?" He says, "No, no, no. There's a guy here about it." He tells him the whole story. He said, "It'll be gishmaka shtick. I'll be able to go to his hotel room. He wrote his address, and I'll say God sent me." So the father tells him, "Oh, the Vikings won, 43 to 16." Okay, so he goes to the hotel room and he knocks on the door and the guy opens up the door and he says, uh, I'm here as a messenger of God to tell you wanted to know the score. This was the score. So the guy says, oh my gosh, God sent you. I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, God, thank you so much. And he writes a check for $2,000. He gives it to the bocher. The bocher goes back to yeshiva and he tells all the chaveirim over there Look at this. <laughs> what a moiritika shtick I pulled off on this guy. I went to the guy, I told him I was a shliach of God, and he gave me $2,000. What a sucker. And it, the laughing away. Rabdavid Soloveitchik says, Chetzadim Bracha passes by. He says, What's so funny? So they tell him the story. So he says to them, Narvos the best. That's what you see from the Misa. Don't you see over here a, a guy went and he put a kvittel in the koysel, he asked Hashem for something, and HaKadosh Baruch who sent him a shliach to give him the answer. His tefillah was answered. You and a shliach to answer his tefillah, you see what a tefillah can do. A push in a tefillah, he wants to know, and Hashem sends him the answer. Look at this sucker of a yeshiva bocha, thinks he's a wise guy. And he gives him the terrence to his Shiloh. 
if you dive into Hashem, you start to say how much Hakadosh Baruch will answer your tefillah. If he answered this guy to tell him who won the football game, he's not going to answer you to in learning, to in avoiding Hashem, to solve all your problems in life. Just make sure that the tool that you use is pure. Your mouth that you use is rain. And if your mouth is a keli, perfect it. Because remember, Kodesh Baruch also has caller ID. And he doesn't have to answer every call. But if your mouth is clean, and you use it properly, and you use it to daven and to learn Torah, and you don't say Lashon Hara, and you don't do Ainas Devarim, you don't talk by davening, you use your mouth as a keli, that's Kodesh V'tohar! Then daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and if HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers Yenem Meshigana, Kal B'choyme Ben Benoi, Kal will answer every one of your tefillas, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will answer your tefillas, and all of our tefillas, B'zoichim Yetz Hashem, for the answer of Klal Yisrael's tefillas, and be as Goyal Tzedek, and here be a name.